Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. The Orkneyinga Saga, Chapter 83 of Earl Rugenwald. Rugenwald and his men came to Miklagard and were well received by the Emperor and the Vringiar. At this time, Menelaus, who we will call Manelai, was the Emperor of Miklagard. He gave them a great deal of money and offered them pay if they would stay there permanently. They spent there a great part of the winter. Andridi Ungi was there when they came, and was highly honoured by the emperor. He had little to do with the earl and his men, but spoke rather slightingly of them to others. Rugenwald commenced his journey from Miklagard during the winter, and went first to Derricksborg and Bulgaraland. From there, they sailed west to Poole. Rugenwald, Erling, Bishop William, and most of the other of their noblest men left their ships there, procured horses, and rode first to Romaborg, and then from Rome until they came to Denmark. From there they went to Norway, where the people were glad to see them. This journey became very famous, and all those who had made it were considered greater men afterwards than before. Ogmundreng, Erlend Skaki's brother, had died while they were away. While both were alive, he was considered the greater of the two. After the death of King Ingi, Magnus, the son of Erling and Kristen, the daughter of Sigurd Jolsofari, was made king, but the government of Norway was in the hands of Erling alone. Valdemar, king of the Danes, gave him the title of Earl, and he became a great chief. Eindridi came home from the south some winters after Rogenwald and went to King Eystein, because he would not have anything to do with Erling. But after King Eystein's death, Eindridi and Sigurd, the son of Havard Holt of Reir, raised a party and made Hakon Herdebreit, the son of King Sigurd, son of Harald Gilly, their king. They slew Gregorus Dag's son and King Ingi. Eindridi and Hakon fought with Erling under Sek, where Hakon was killed, but Eindridi fled. Earl Erling had Eindridi Ingi killed some time after in Vic. Rogenwald spent the summer in Hordaland in Norway and heard many tidings from the Orkneys. There were great many disturbances there and most of the chiefs were divided into two factions, few remaining neutral. Earl Harald was at the head of one of these factions and Earl Erland and Svein Asleif's son of the other. When the Earl heard this, he sang Though the most part of my nobles have forgot the oaths they swear me, such wickedness of men is. Yet will their designs be thwarted. Traitors plotting in my absence will not by it grow more loyal. Slow but sure shall be my motto, while a beard on this chin I carry. The Earl had no ships, 
but he asked his kinsmen and friends to build some longships for him during the winter. They gave a favourable answer and consented to everything he proposed and built the ships. Chapter 84 Roggenwald Goes to the Orkneys In the summer, the Earl made himself ready to go west to his dominions in the Orkneys, but it was late before he was ready, because many things kept him back. He went west in a merchant vessel belonging to Thorall Asgrimsson, an Icelander of a noble family, who had a farm south in Bikupstinger. The Earl had a numerous train of noblemen on board the vessel. When they came to Scotland, the winter was far advanced, and they lay at Torfness. The Earl arrived in his dominions shortly before Yule. Chapter 85 King Eystein Takes Earl Harald Prisoner Now we have to tell what happened in the Orkneys while Orogenwald was away. The same summer that the Earl went on his journey, King Eystein, son of Harald Gilly, arrived from Norway with a numerous army, which he landed at Rinnarsee. He heard that Earl Harald had gone over to Caithness in a ship of twenty benches, with eighty men, and then lay at Thorsa. When King Eystein heard of him, he manned three boats and crossed the Pentland Firth, going westward and on to Thorsa. When he arrived there, the Earl and his men did not know anything of them until the king's men boarded the ship and took the Earl prisoner. He was brought before the king, and the result was that the Earl ransomed himself with three marks of gold and surrendered his dominions to King Eystein, so that he should hold them from him in the future. Then he became King Eystein's man and confirmed their compact with oaths. From there, King Eystein went to Scotland and ravaged there during the summer. During this expedition, he plundered in many parts of England, considering that he was always taking revenge for King Harald, Sigurd's son. Chapter 86 of King Eystein Then, King Eystein returned to his kingdom, and his expedition was variously thought of. Earl Harald remained in his dominions in the Orkneys, and most of the inhabitants were satisfied with his rule. At this time, his father, Earl Madid, was dead, but his mother, Margaret, had gone to the Orkneys. She was a handsome woman, but a virago. At this time, David, the King of Scots, died, and his son Malcolm was made king. He was quite a child when he succeeded his father. Chapter 87 Of Earl Harald Erland, the son of Harald Slitmali, spent most of his time in Thorza. Sometimes he was in the Sudriar, or on war expeditions after the death of Earl Otter. He was a very promising man, and accomplished in most things, liberal in money, gentle, open to advice, and greatly loved by his men. He had a large following. There was a man named Anacol, who had fostered Erland, and to his counsels he chiefly listened. He was of a noble family and hardy. He was Earl Erland's right-hand man. When Earl Roggenwald had left his dominions to go to Jerusalem, Erland went to Malcolm, the King of Scots, and requested him to give him an Earl's title and Caithness for his support as his father, Earl Erland, had. And because Erland had many friends, and Malcolm was a child in years, it was brought about that he bestowed the title of Earl on Erland, and gave him half of Caithness jointly with his kinsman, Harold. Then Erland went to Caithness to see his friends. 
After that, he gathered troops together, went out to the Orkneys and sought to be accepted by the inhabitants. When Earl Harold, Madad's son, heard this, he gathered troops together and had many men. Some parties went between the kinsmen and tried to make peace between them. Ireland asked for half of the islands jointly with Earl Harold, but Earl Harold refused to give them up. Truce was, however, made between them for that year, and it was resolved that Ireland should go to the east and see the King of Norway and ask for that half which belonged to Earl Rogenwald, which Earl Harold said he would surrender. Then Ireland went east to Norway, but Anacol and some of the party remained behind. Guinea, Olaf's son, the brother of Svein, Asleaf's son, had children by Margaret, Earl Harold's mother, but Earl Harold had banished them, and therefore enmity arose between him and Svein. The latter sent his brother Guinea south to Leodus, to his friend Leotolf, with whom he had been staying himself. Fugel, the son of Leotolf, was with Earl Harold, and there was therefore coldness between him and Svein. When Earl Erland went east to Norway, Earl Harold went over to Caithness and resided at Vic during the winter. Svein, Asleaf's son, was then at Veswick in Caithness and took care of the estate which his stepsons had there, for his former wife was Ragnhild, Ingemund's daughter, though they had lived but a short time together. Their son was Olaf, and he married Ingrid, Thorkel's daughter. Their son was Andreas. On Wednesday in Passion Week, Svein went with some others to Lambeborg. They saw a transport vessel coming from the north across Pentland Firth, and Spain concluded that they were El Harold's men whom he had sent to collect his revenues in Jutland. Spain ordered his men to take a boat and attack the barge, which they did. They seized all its cargo and put Earl Harold's men on shore, and they went to Vic and told him. Earl Harold did not say much to this, yet he said, Spain and I shall have our turns. He distributed his men to be entertained during Easter. The Caithness men called this, that the Earl was in guest quarters. Chapter 88 of Svein, Asleaf's Son Immediately after Easter week, Svein, Asleaf's son, went with a barge and a boat rowed by oars to the Orkneys, and when they came to Skapa, they took their ship from Fugel, Lyotov's son. He was coming from his father at Ludis, and was going to Earl Harold. During the same trip, they took twelve ounces of gold from Sigurd Clauffy, a housecarl of Earl Harold's. This money had been left at the homestead, but the owners were in Kirkjavag. Then Svein went over to Caithness and up through Scotland. He found Malcolm, King of Scots, who was then nine winters old in Aberdeen. Svein spent a month there and was well entertained. The King of Scots insisted upon enjoying all those emoluments of Caithness which he had before he became Earl Harold's enemy. Chapter 89 Of Spain and Anacol After this, Spain prepared to go away, and the King of Scots and he parted very good friends. Then Spain went to his ships and sailed from the south to the Orkneys. Anacol was at Durness when Spain sailed from the south, and they saw them sailing off the east of Muli. They sent Gauti, a bondi of Skigs Bjarnastadir, to Spain, and Anacol requested him to become to terms with Fugel about the seizure of the ship, because Anacol and Fugel were related to one another. When Gauti found Spain and told him Anacol's message, he sent a messenger back to Anacol, 
asking him to go to Sandy, that they might meet there because he, Svein, had to be there himself. They had a peaceful meeting there and came to terms, and the result was that Svein should make the award as he liked himself. After that, Anacol formed an alliance with Svein and bound himself to make peace between Svein and Earl Erland. For they were bitter enemies on account of the burning of Frakork. Svein and Anacol went to Strunsi and lay off Hofnes some nights. At this time, Thorfinn Bessesson lived at Strunsi. His wife was Ingegerd, Svein's sister, who had been deserted by Thorbjorn Clerk. Chapter 90 The Reconciliation of Earl Erland and Svein When Svein and Anacol were lying off Hofnes, Earl Erland arrived there from Norway. Anacol and Thorfinn endeavoured to reconcile him to Svein, but he gave an unfavourable answer, saying that Svein had always been opposed to his kinsmen and had not kept the agreement between him and Earl Otter, that he should help him to the Dominion. Then Svein offered the Earl his support, and they were negotiating the whole day. Yet the Earl would not be reconciled until Anacol and Thorfinn declared that they would follow Svein from Orkney if the Earl would not make peace with him. Earl Erland then told the message from King Eystein that he should have part of the Orkneys which had formerly been held by Earl Harald. When they made peace, Svein gave advice that they should go to Earl Harald before he heard this from others and ask him to surrender his dominion. Svein's advice was acted upon. They found Earl Harald on board his ship of Karik Stadir. It was in the evening of Michaelmas that Harald and his men saw longships approaching and, suspecting them to be enemies, they ran from the ships into the castle. There was a man named Arne Raffinsson, who ran from Earl Harald's ship to Kirkjavag. He was so frightened that he forgot he had his shield at his shoulder until it stuck fast in the door. Erland and Svein ran from their ships and pursued Harald to the castle and attacked them both with arms and fire. The assailed defended themselves bravely until night parted them. Many were wounded on both sides, and Harald and his men would soon have been exhausted if the attack had lasted any longer. The next morning, the Bondi and their mutual friends arrived and tried to make peace between them. Erland and Spain were very reluctant to make peace. In the end, however, they agreed on condition that Harald should swear to let Erland have his part of the islands and never demand it from him. These oaths were made in the presence of the best men in the islands. After that, Harald went over to Caithness and to his friends in Scotland, accompanied by only a few men from the Orkneys. Erland and Svein called together a thing meeting with the Bondi in Kirkjavag, and they arrived from all the islands. Erland pleaded his cause, saying King Eystein had given him that part of the Orkneys which Harald had charge, and he requested the Bondi to receive him, showing them King Eystein's letters which proved his words. Svein and many others of his friends and kinsmen spoke in favour of the Earl, and at last the Bondi promised obedience to Erland. Then he took possession of all the islands and became ruler over them. It was an agreement between Erland and the Bondi that he should not hinder Elrogenvold from taking possession of that part of the islands which belonged to him, if it should be granted him to come back. But if Elrogenvold should demand more than one half of the islands, they should help Erland to resist his claims. Svein was frequently with Erland and asked him to be on his guard, not to trust Harald or the Scots. The most part of the winter they were on board their ships and had scouts on the lookout. 
Towards Yuletide, the weather began to grow boisterous, and Svein went home to his estate in Garrixy, and asked the Earl not to relax his vigilance, though they parted, and the Earl did so. He remained on board his ships, and had nowhere a Yule feast prepared for him in the islands. Chapter 91 Earl Harold Comes Unperceived to the Orkneys The eleventh day of Yuletide, it happened in Garrixy that Svein was sitting at his drink with his men. Rubbing his nose, he said, I think Earl Harold is now on his way to the islands. His men replied that this was unlikely, on account of the strong gales prevailing at the time. He replied, I know such is your opinion, and I shall not therefore send intelligence to the Earl now, merely on the strength of my presentment, yet I suspect it is necessary. Then the subject was dropped, and they went on drinking as before. Earl Harold commenced his voyage to the Orkneys during Yuletide. He had four ships and a hundred men. Two nights he lay under Garrixy. They landed in Rossi, and on the thirteenth day of Yuletide, they walked to Fjord. They spent the Yuletide in Orkahaug. There, two of their men were seized with madness, which retarded their journey. It was near day when they came to Fjord. There they learned that Erland was on board his ship, but that he had been drinking during the day at a house on the shore. There, Harold and his men killed two men. One was named Kettle. The other we do not know. Four were made prisoners. Arfin, Anakul's brother, another man called Leotolf, and two others. Harold and Thorbjorn Clerk returned to Thorsa. The brothers Benedict and Eric went to Lambeborg, taking Arfin with them. As soon as Erland became aware of the enemy, he sent men during the night to Garrixy to tell Spain. He pushed out his boats immediately and went to see Erland according to the message, and so they stayed on board their ships a great part of the winter. Benedict and his brother sent word that Arfin would not be liberated unless Erland sent back his ship which had been seized at Karikstadir. The Earl was willing to give the ship up, but Anakol dissuaded him from doing it, saying that Arfin would get away without this sacrifice. On the Wednesday before Lent, Anakol and Thorsten, Ragnar's son, went over by night to Caithness in a boat with twenty men. They hauled the boat ashore under a cliff in a hidden creek. Then they went up and hid themselves in some copsewood a short distance from Thrasvik. They had fitted up the boat in such a way that the men seemed to be each in his place. Some men had come past the boat in the morning and not suspected a thing. Anakol and his men saw some men rowing from the Borg and landing at the river mouth. Then they saw a man riding from the Borg and another walking, whom they recognised to be Eric. Then they divided themselves into two parties. Ten went along the river down to the sea, to prevent them from getting to the boat. The other ten went to the hamlet. Eric came a short time before them to the hamlet, and walked along towards the drinking hall. Then he heard armed men moving about and ran into the hall, and out through another door and down to his boat. But there he came upon men who seized him, and brought him out to the islands to Ireland. Then messengers were sent to Harold, to tell him that Eric would not be liberated, until Arfin and his companions came safely to Ireland, and the wishes of both were complied with. Chapter 92 The Reconciliation of the Earls Harold and Ireland In the spring, Harold prepared to go from Caithness to Jotland. His intention was to take the life of Erland Ungi, who had wooed his mother Margaret, 
although Harold had refused him. Then Erland gathered his men together and carried her off from the Orkneys and took her north to Jotland. He took up his residence at Mosiarborg and made great preparations for defence. When Harald came to Jotland, he besieged the Borg and cut off all communication, but it was difficult to take it by assault, and the men went between them and tried to reconcile them. Erland asked the Earl to give him the women in marriage, and in return he offered to assist the Earl, saying that it was of greater consequence for him to recover his dominions than this, and that it would be advisable for him to make as many friends as he could. Many spoke in favour of Erland's proposal, and the result was that they made peace. Erland married Margaret. Then he fully became an ally of Harald, and during the summer they both went east to Norway. When these tidings came to Orkney, Earl Erland and his men laid their plans. Svein counselled to go on a harrying raid to obtain booty. This they did, and they went south to Bredefort and made inroads on the east of Scotland. They went south to Berevik, and there was a man named Nut the Wealthy who was a merchant and always resided in Berevik. Svein and Erland seized a large and fine vessel belonging to Nut. On board was a valuable cargo, and Nut's wife. Nut was at Berevik when he heard of the plunder. He induced the Berevik men for a hundred marks of silver to try and recover the goods. Of those who went in pursuit, most were merchants. They went in fourteen ships to search for them. When Earl Erland and Svein were lying under Bolmore, Svein said in the night that they should sleep without awnings, saying that he expected the Berevik men might come upon them during the night in great numbers. A gale was blowing, and no heed was paid to Svein's words, and they slept under the awnings, except in Svein's ship. There, there was no awning abaft the mast. Svein was sitting on a chest in a fur coat, saying that he wished to be ready during the night. One of Svein's crew was called Einar Skif. He said that Svein's bravery was much talked of, that he was called a bolder man than others, and that he now dared not to have awnings on board his ship. Watchmen were on shore on the island. Svein, hearing that they did not agree about what they saw, went up to them and asked them what they were disputing about. They said they were not sure what it was they saw. Svein had keener sight than any of his men, and when he looked he saw fourteen ships approaching them from the north. Then he went aboard his ship again and told his men to wake up and take down the awnings, and a great outcry arose, everyone asking Svein what they should do. He told them to be silent, and he said that his advice was to moor the ships between the island and the mainland, adding, We shall see whether they do not pass us by, and if they do, we shall part, but if they attack us, we shall row against them as vigorously as possible. Let us make stout resistance if we meet. Others spoke out against this plan saying the only way was to sail away from them, and so they did. Svein said, If you wish to sail away, then stand out to sea. Svein was not soon ready as the others, but Anacol waited for them. Svein's ship was, however, a swifter sailor, and he took in sail and waited for Anacol, not wishing him to be left behind in a single ship. When they stood off with all sail set, Einarskif said, Svein, does our ship stand still? Svein replied, I do not think so, but I advise you not to question my courage any more, since through your fright you cannot tell whether the ship moves or stands still, yet it is one of the swiftest sailors. They put in under Mosey, and Svein sent men to Eidneburg to tell the King of Scots of his plunder, but before they came to the town, 
they met twelve men on horseback who had saddlebags filled with silver, and when they met, they inquired after Spain, Asleaf's son. The others told where he was and asked what they wanted with him. The Scots said they had been told that Spain was taken prisoner, and the King of Scots had sent them to ransom him. Thus they told their errand. The King did not make much of Knut's loss, but sent a costly shield to Spain and other presents besides. Ireland and Spain arrived rather late in the Orkneys in the autumn. This summer, Harald went east to Norway. At the same time, Arrogenbold and Erling Skaki came to Norway from Miklagard, and he arrived at his dominions in the Orkneys shortly after Yule. Chapter 93 Peace between Arrogenbold and Earl Erland Then there went men immediately between Erland and Arrogenbold and tried to make peace between them the Bondi pleading the agreement they had come to with Erland, that they should not prevent Rogenwald from taking possession of his part of the islands. A conference took place between the earls at Kirkjuvag, and at the conference they confirmed their peace with oaths. It was two nights before Yule when they made their peace, and the terms were that they should each have one half of the islands, and both should defend them if Earl Harald or any other if he claimed them. Rogenwald had no ships till his own came from the east in the summer. This winter was all quiet, but in the spring the earls prepared their plans in case Earl Harald should come from the east. Ireland went to Jotland to intercept him if he should come there. Roganwald went over to Thorsa, because Harald was expected to go there if he came from the east, as he had there many friends and kinsmen. Ireland and Spain were in Jotland during the summer and kept back all the ships so that none went to Norway. In the summer, Harald left Norway with seven ships and landed in the Orkneys. Three of the ships, however, were driven by stress of the weather to Jotland, and these were seized by Spain and Ireland. When Harald came to the Orkneys, he heard of the agreement of Rogenwald and Ireland, that each of them should have one half of the islands, and then he saw that no territory was intended for him. He resolved to go over to Caithness to Rogenwald before Ireland and Spain came from the east. They were in Jutland, when they heard that Harald had arrived in the Orkneys with five longships, and prepared to go thither immediately. In Dunrost they had strong currents and severe gales, and there they parted. Svein was driven back to Fridery with twelve ships, and they thought the Earl had perished. From Fridery they went to Sandy, where they found Erland with three ships. It was a joyful meeting for them. Then they went to Rossi and inquired about Harold's movements.